You're listening to the Quince podcast. Welcome to season 2 of the Quince Fortnightly podcast Land of a Billion. We aim to bring you expert conversations about the most contentious of the holy roti kapda makan trinity that is the makan over our heads and the larger ecosystem that governs it. This podcast is produced in association with the Property Rights Research Consortium supported by Omidya Network India. I'm Bhargavi, a researcher interested in land and access to finance and your host for this season. share a personal story. I spent the last 10 months trying to sell an ancestral property in the city of Rajkot in Gujarat. Finding a buyer for this property was not very hard even in the middle of this pandemic. I was lucky there. It was harder for me to find the original document under which the property came to my grandmother and the original document under which the property came to the person from whom the property came to my grandmother. for somebody who was so used to having everything including my bank account dmat account lic policy on the phone it is puzzling how we continue to rely on paper based documents some of which are some of which are really old for what is perhaps our most precious asset our homes and real estate we are going to be talking about the digitization of land records in today's episode and we have with us two very special guests mr deepak sanan and mr vivek kumar singh Mr Sanan is a former civil servant with many years of experience in land administration. He currently advises at NCAR, CPR and IIHS primarily on issues of land governance and state capacity. He has developed the NCAR Land Records and Services Index to evaluate the extent and quality of digitized land records and services across India. Mr Vivek Singh is the additional chief secretary revenue and land reforms in the government of Bihar. He's from the 1989 IAS batch and he has been championing the efforts to digitize land records administration in Bihar for some time now. Welcome Mr. Sanan and Mr. Singh. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bhargavi. I have a very basic question. What do we mean when we say digitization of land records in India? That land records can cover a whole lot of documents with varying content across states in India. but at the core are two documents the textual record which is generally called the record of rights and the spatial record which is generally called, which is generally referred to as the cadastral maps these are core because these convey an understanding of title and rights to land parcels across the country when we speak about digitization we primarily refer to digitization of these records and what does it mean it means the transfer of a paper record to a digital database in the case of a record of rights and the cadastral maps why do we want to do this of course we want to do this because it will makes for easy updating of the record it makes it easy to make available copies of the record and most important it enables us in the modern today's age to integrate the record with other databases and processes so that we can end up with a more accurate a more up to date and a more comprehensive record and the key database with which we need to integrate 
these two, the textual and spatial records, is the registration database in India because that is what causes the greatest changes over time in record of rights in pedestrian rights. So I feel for Indians, you know, real estate and land is such an important asset, right? I mean, probably most of, for a lot of Indians, bulk of our savings are actually invested in land and real estate, whether it be a house, whether it be an outside retirement home, uh, an office, and it's so important. And therefore, it often comes as a surprise when we think that, okay, we have been able to fix a lot of markets when it comes to record keeping. Uh, But this continues to remain a bone of contention, the digitization of land records in particular. So how do we really measure how the different states are doing when it comes to digitization? So land is a state subject in India. And yet digitization really began under a centrally supported scheme more than three decades ago. The latest program, the central program in this is the Digital India Land Records Modernization Program. And this uh, central program has a dashboard, a web-based dashboard, where states log in their progress. So at one level, you could say that I can go to this web-based program and I can see which level, at which stage different states are at the moment. But this is just something which states are logging in as they feel that they are reporting in their performance. Till a couple of years ago, there was no sort of independent assessment of where do states actually stand in their efforts. There was no attempt to bring this data together in a way and understand and verify and to assess the actual level at which states are in their digitization efforts. This was first attempted Uh, by National Council of Applied Economic Research under an ON grant. And the first uh, index for this purpose of covering all states and union territories was constituted in 2020. This land records and services index, as it's called, looks at the extent of digitization and also tries to assess the quality of digitization across record of rights, cadastral maps, and registration process in all the states and union territories of India. The NCER has still to now brought out two editions of the LRSI in 2020 and 2021. And this enables us to have a look and understand which states are ahead and which are still lagging behind. I would, the, the two editions show that at the top consistently for both years is Madhya Pradesh. Second, this time was West Bengal, followed by Odisha, Maharashtra, and then Tamil Nadu. But what was the most significant mover over two years was Bihar, which moved from 23rd position to 8th in one year because of tremendous efforts made at ensuring that the extent of digitization is really enhanced in that state. Wow, there are some surprises there for sure. But just for uh, a better understanding of what does this index seek to measure? Uh, Does it measure things like how fast I can retrieve my record from the digitized database? Or does it measure things like uh, 
is my record scanned and kept in the database if you could just give us a little bit of flavor uh, on what are the different components of the index that would be really helpful right so the primary areas which the index measures is what is the extent to which record of rights are digitized so that if say there are 100 villages in a state theoretically are 80 digitized and available on the web to a viewer are 90 records of 90 villages 80 villages 50 20 how many of the records are available on the web for a viewer or someone who desires a copy are they available in a form that is legally usable or not is the second thing which is looked at both for the textual record and the spatial record the third area it looks at is is the registration process which comprises of a number of steps how many of those steps are digitized and therefore become easier for someone who is engaging in the process of getting a deed registered how easy is it for them to undertake these different steps which includes things like uh, entering the data finding out the stamp duty rates for uh, which will be applicable undertaking the process of uh, getting the uh, the attestation done of the registration deed getting a copy of the registered document once it's done all these paying the stamp duty i'm sorry i forgot in between payment of the stamp duty is it possible electronically directly or do you have to physically do these things uh, by going to different offices so there are five processes which are measured and then the second stage is through a certain number of proxies the index looks at how far are different elements of a good record ownership possession of property the extent of property the use to which a property is being put the encumbrances or restrictions which are attached to that property how far are these covered in the record and how far are they updated in the record so these are things which the index attempts to look at got it so that is to say that the states of madhya pradesh west bengal maharashtra tamil nadu have made substantial progress when it comes to these elements of digitization right That's so right. would it be fair to say that if i am a resident of tamil nadu or if i am a resident of uh, maharashtra i am likely to be able to find it much easier to access my land record relative to a resident of a state that doesn't do so well yes but there's a second component of the work which was done at lrsi in the lsr but which doesn't form part of the index was to actually assess how good are the websites themselves for a viewer for someone right. in the website so that's we haven't allocated marks and points to within the index for this we have analyzed this and uh, to some extent there is a small mismatch so mp may not figure on all aspects of accessibility at the highest level some other state might be doing a little better but the overall ambit of uh, digitization is of course much better in mp than so it is a future step we are looking at whether access to websites and the ability uh, for websites to open to be available constantly 
how uh, their navigability, uh, how much should that also be uh, factored in in making the index? Right. So the primary user interface, how easy it is, right? Yes. Is that the one state that has made tremendous progress on this front is the state of Bihar. And uh, I can imagine that this must have been a struggle for uh, the state of Bihar. And, you know, we are lucky to have with us Mr. Singh, who's been at the forefront of this struggle. So, Mr. Singh, what was it like? What were some of the historical challenges that Bihar faced uh, in the process of digitizing its land records? What's, what was the experience like? Bhargavi, let us first understand what the land management system was in India when we got independence. Because not all states were alike. We had three very distinct systems of land governance. One was the Zamindari system, which was followed in Bihar and Bengal. The other was a modified version, which was the Mahalwari system in the north and northwest India. And the third was the Rayatwari system, which was there in south and west India. Now, there were certain fundamental differences which the general public has to understand. Because if Bihar lagged behind, there were historical reasons apart from other reasons. One was while the land in South India and West India was managed under the Rayatwari system, the administration itself had all the land records and they would settle the land records accordingly, the rents accordingly, and they would visit the villages and update their records. So to that extent, the Rayatwari system had a more robust system of land records compared to Zamindari system. Mahalwari system also had a similar thing. Instead of the revenue officials dealing with land records, you had the village headman dealing with the land records. Bihar Bengal was unique. Bihar was unique in the sense that the land records prior to the independence, before the zamindari was abolished, all the land records were with the zamindars, which is not the British government, which was not the Indian government. Only some portion of the land, which was actually administered by the state government or the British India at that point of time, which were called the Khas Mahal lands. Only the inventory for those lands were actually available and we had a mechanism of management of those lands. So there's a very interesting situation which we have to realize that Bihar, the land records, they were with the Zamindar. 47, we got independence. We suddenly announced that no Zamindars are no more the, the landowners. The land belongs to the country and therefore the, the people who own the land will pay rent to the government. Now, what happened to these land records? The Zamindars, they gave these land records to the district administration and not to the Tehsil or the Anchal administration. So, which came much later. So, from 47-48 to 52, when the community development blocks were uh, envisaged and they came up along with the Anchal offices, which is the revenue offices, there was a four-year of certain confusion. And many, many things had to be rectified because the Zamindars, they had to file their returns. All the lands have to be worked out. So they were more interested in getting their own lands with themselves than getting the records of the other rayats settled with the government. So then we had something called the field guzharat because the Zamindars had to get their compensation and the people had to get their lands in their name. So that took place in '54. So initial five to six years was a state of turmoil. And as a consequence, we could never say that we had land records in the Anchal level at one point. So my biggest challenge, in fact, uh, there's a small story. My 
uh, IT secretary who was also my professional and a very close friend. So I said, digitization is basically your baby. So you tell me how we go about it. So he said, sir, let us have a consultant because Bihar is something which is in a mess. Let us have a consultant, work out a strategy and then get our land records improved and then digitize. So I said, the, the consultant will come. He'll not be exposed to the land governance system of Bihar. So therefore, why engage him and teach him instead of learning from him? And why waste that time? And two, the vendor thing also becomes a big issue in a state like Bihar, where you have to digitize, I mean, on a very mass scale. So you have so many vendors and so many confusion. I said, nothing doing. We'll, we'll decide as to how many jamabandis are the actual transactional land records. So we said, okay, fine. We'll fix up the number of minimum number of jamabandi entries that we have to make in a day. That is 250. And uh, the minimum wages for at that point of time was 313 rupees for that. So we'll say that the DMs will give you money. You utilize the local resources that you have at this uh, rate and give me a digitized data, which is a raw data, which is a very, very raw data. And then we'll try to improve it. So we went number one that, okay, fine. Because our land records, you must understand, they were not only not available, whatever was available was not pure, and whatever was pure was not complete. So while some land records were just not available, the others which were available had not all the columns filled, and whichever had columns filled were, I mean, partial, impartial, or incorrect many a times. So given that situation, we said that first, let us bring it, to a public platform, let us see as to what the issues are. So that was the first part and therefore getting around 4 crores, 40 million of jamabandis done in 4 months time was something which we could manage only with the help of our own resources. And then when it came, then of course the software was there. The software is not a major issue nowadays. The software was there and then we brought it to the public. Now, when this material came to the public, they suddenly realized that the jamabandis that they had seen with the karamcharis, because the karamcharis were the custodians of the jamabandi, it was not available in the government offices also. So we always said it was in the jhola of the local village officer, the karamchari, and therefore you had to trace him out if you had to get anything done, including payment of your own rent. So that was used to be a major task. So we put it on board and then we said, okay, at every district, you will compare the original Jamabandi with this and do Suomoto correction. And also, since many of our records were incomplete and uh, maybe the digitization version was not very perfect, we had a program called the Parimarjan. Parimarjan means correction. So if I had a record where my name was X, my uh, father's name was Y, and unfortunately somebody had put Y and X in, in place of X and Y, then what do you do? You give an online application saying that this is the hard copy that I had and this is what I see on the screen, please correct it. So instead of going to an office and running around, this Parimarjan portal came up as a great help and we, we were able to manage at least 40% to third, I mean, of the aggregate Jamabandi corrections using this format. So. I mean, our strategy was get the raw material out, then get involved in the process and try to improve it to the extent possible. But having said this, even that is not sufficient because our cadastral survey took place around 120 years back 
divisional survey around 50 years back. So our record of rights and the map which uh, Sir was talking about, Mr. Sanaman was talking about, they are very old and many transactions have thereafter taken place. Mm -hmm. So this is another challenge that, I mean, suppose you want to buy a land as you wanted to do in Gujarat. So if you want to trace it from the record of rights, you may not find any connection if it is 120 years old record of rights. Because in between, many transactions would have taken place. And since there was no record and there is no restriction on registration, many a times one property is registered in two names. And that ends up in a dispute. So these kind of things are there. But thankfully and hopefully, since we are doing special survey and that using the aerial photograph and a hybrid method, we presume that our basic record of rights in the years to come, say by the next year, will we'll be in a very clean position vis-a-vis -vis the present position, which is also comfortable thanks to support from NCR who actually guided us because this is one thing where, where we need a national platform where somebody can tell you where you are deviating, where you're not moving, and there it has actually helped. Thank you, Mr. Singh. That's, that's actually very enlightening because there is so much path dependency when it comes to reform. Your historical uh, trajectory really determines your future in the sense of the pace at which you can undertake reform, the capacity and resources that you will need to undertake reform. So uh, maybe that is one factor that determines how well a state is doing on digitization of land records, which is the historical system of archiving and keeping land records. But Mr. Sanan, are there any other patterns that you notice among states that do well on digitization and states that don't do so well? Are there some common factors or really, you know, there is nothing common amongst similarly placed states and differently placed states on the index. What is your sense of this? So let me start by saying that this is a fact that what Vivek mentions, that the Zamindari system inherited records in much poorer shape than records in Mahalwadi or Raithwadi areas. This is a fact. And yet we find, when we look at the NLRSI, that West Bengal is up there at number two. Bihar has improved from 23 to 8 in one year. Odisha, which is a mishmash of Zamindari, Rayatwadi, is also doing very well. Then there must be something more. What is enabling this fast movement in certain states and why others are lagging behind? And to my mind, the most significant explanation for this is that land revenue administration is an area where champions have made it move. And this is not an area where there has been huge vested interest resisting change. It's only been a case of putting in place the right champions of people who are hardworking, who have an interest like Vivek, who want to do things, to be in that position and take it up. Nobody was stopping it. Then what has been holding it back in other states? What has been holding it back? Of course, obviously, there haven't been champions. But why haven't there been champions? Because land revenue administration in India, post-independence, 
over the years has been one of the least glamorous areas for an IAS officer to work in. The head of a, uh, of, of a revenue administration in a state and important positions in revenue administration are not considered very glamorous and not considered areas which are rewarding. I'll give you a personal example. Like any other IAS officer, I, in my years of service, I was uh, worked at the level of a subdivisional magistrate, which was a subdivisional collector in revenue terms. I was a district magistrate or district collector. I was a divisional commissioner, which was an appellate body on revenue, revenue matters. For 30 years, I would write letters to the state government suggesting reforms, suggesting changes from my different postings on how to improve land records. Nobody paid any attention. 30 years hence, I became revenue secretary in the state. I could dig out each of my letters. And in 20 months, I could pursue a detailed reform agenda with no resistance. Nobody was stopping me. And we actually got so much done that the revenue department of the state government in that period was recognized by the state government as the most important department from reform, efficiency, working perspective. And given a, you know, there's a tradition in, in my state of giving a reward on the civil services uh, on, on in April every year for best performing departments. And we actually got that reward for the revenue department. So my point is, champions are critical and champions don't occur easily in this department because it lacks glamour. Once in a while, in different states, whether it's Vivek in Bihar today, Manoj Pant in West Bengal, Rastogi in Madhya Pradesh. Indeed, two points are counterintuitive here. One is that actually land reform, something as difficult as land reform is driven by individuals as opposed to institutions. It seems to me like you know, if India has to fix one problem and we, if we just have resources to fix one problem, probably land reform, uh, land records and land records upgradation and better record keeping is something that we should put our weight behind. But still, it's individuals that is driving this reform. So that's really insightful. The second thing that seems counterintuitive to me, because even we've done some work in Telangana and there, what we understood is that actually digitization of land records does affect vested interests because, uh, you know, you there are officers who uh, lose rent-seeking opportunities when you actually bring in better systems of accountability when it comes to changing of land records. Uh, so, for example, Telangana has made considerable progress on digitization of land records, and I believe they were planning to in introduce a system which would record the timestamp as well when a land record is actually changed in the system and they face huge resistance. So now moving on from the officer's perspective to the common man who wants to do just get on with his life. This land transaction is not his, you know, bread and butter. It's just something that he needs to do, deal with. So how can he use the index to, uh, uh, to his advantage um, how does this index benefit uh, an owner of property or a buyer of property, in your opinion? Sure. Mr. Sanan, would you like to take this question? Yeah, I can start and I would request Vivek to chip in. I'm saying the index is trying to measure two services which are critical to citizens. 
One, the fact that the land records, this record of rights, the cadastral map, copies of these are essential for any transactions that you undertake. Or even for sim so simple things, like I have to pay my rents, I have to, uh, I have to sell it, I have to mortgage the property, I have to transact in the property in some way, I want to get permission to build on it. In different forms, these require copies of the record. I'm facing some small litigation and, and I have to, uh, I will need a copy to be attached for that litigation. So in various ways, copies of the record are essential documents all the time, required all the time. Digitization, while it is enabling a copy to be made available, is it actually being made available depends on the processes put in place by the state. So you may have to go to an office to still get the copy, or you may have to go to a citizen service center, or the copy on the web may be digitally signed and you can use it as such. So the index is assessing this and saying, which one are you giving? And if it is digitally signed, it's reporting that these are digitally signed. And therefore, a person who needs to use it knows that in this state, I get a digitally signed copy. In another state, I don't. So I can start mounting pressure. Why aren't you also making available a digitally signed copy in my state? So that's one aspect. The other, as I mentioned earlier, is the registration. The registration, the whole formats, the, the, the payment for uh, the amount which has to be paid, the actual payment mechanism, how quickly I can get my registered document back, all these, the index is showing which state is ahead. For example, West Bengal, we find, is furthest ahead on this across India. And therefore, as Vivek rightly says, now it becomes a challenge for him to try and start looking at and say, why don't I get Bihar up there? And even if it's not my department, let me talk to the Department of Stamps and Registration and say, let's get there. So there's the, the index is really pushing competition and saying to states, do better than the next one. Yeah, the index is actually just enabling competitive federalism. It is incentivizing state bureaucracies to do better uh, and move reform perhaps at a faster pace, looking at a corresponding state uh, and getting inspired uh, by progress Absolutely. around them. Absolutely. I'd be happy to have Vivek supplement this in any way. Sure. Yeah, I agree to both of you. In fact, uh, I was I mean, uh, talking to the secretary, uh, principal secretary MP the other day. What happened was, I mean, uh, the uh, NLSI, they have this index of the uh, digitized map. Now, when I was, I mean, doing it for my department, I told them, look, I mean, this is some something which we have to do it this year. Digitized ROR, where we have missed out on, digitized map. So my team, I mean, immediately said, sir, how can you have digitized map and as to what, what are they giving? So initially we thought that, I mean, otherwise we are giving maps across the state through the, I mean, printers that we have because maps require large A0 size printers and not A4 size printers. So, I mean, they said, they, I mean, A4, it is visible, it is seen to the public, but what exactly is the digitally signed maps? So, I personally went to Bhopal. I, I talked to Rastogi, I went to Bhopal and said, now tell me as to what you guys are doing because, I mean, that is one place we are lagging behind. My team says it cannot be done. So, they told me that it is not the entire village map that they are giving. They are giving the land parcel along with the boundaries of the Kestras that you, you want to have. So I mean, I, that thing was, I mean, back to us, 
my team said fine we'll do it sir in less than a month so there are things where you actually learn from the other states and it apart from incentivizing it also teaches you i mean it is not that there is competing for a prize but if you can give better service through what somebody else has already done and what ncr has already told you so that is one but the second part which is a bigger challenge is while digitization is happening now many people are not able to avail of the benefits of digitization i have a back office which basically deals with helping out people who who had need help on account of paying rent receipt on account of seeing whether they actually hold land in their villages or not we have an awareness campaign where they tell you as to why why you should do this what what is to be done why when what everything is explained and it is a long drawn every day i have a say 8 by 6 cm or 8 by 10 cm ad giving you just the details as to how you can make the best use of digitization because this is one area where in a state like bihar or maybe most of the country also people have to learn to use the processes better so before we uh, conclude i have one question for both of you y'all have been on the ground fighting this war for many years and if you had to name one challenge that we need to overcome as a country to secure land rights for a billion what would you say that challenge is we can start with mr singh on this one okay and let me put it this way india is today as far as land records is concerned while we talk of unity and diversity it is diversity in unity i mean we we talk of uh, say land being a state law and therefore not much can be done my feeling is that we need to homogenize one the templates that are there because it doesn't require a local law so one thing is basically the the khesra number or the plot number if it is universalized to the mutation processes and three the formats forget the law part of it if these are homogenized the public at large will find it very convenient so that is one and the second thing which sir is talking about is spatial and textual mutation happening side by side which we are trying to do in bihar like normally what happens in barring some states i mean if the name changes the map doesn't change what we are trying to do in bihar after this survey we'll have one static map which is the cadastral map and one dynamic map for the day on that given day you anyone will know as to which plot is in what position how many bifurcations have been done third is very unique to bihar is the use of artificial intelligence in land record management system especially in the field of consolidation where a large scale corruption is talked about only because of the apportionment of land being done very discretionary so these are three things that i'd like to point out okay that's great mr singh and mr sanan one challenge that you think india must overcome to secure land rights for a billion what would that be don't look for silver bullets conclusive titling is a silver bullet it makes no sense you need to work to create a more accurate comprehensive up to date record which is a slow hard grind it is it encompasses all this about bringing in better templates it brings in the concept of recording more rights of the poor of the disenfranchised of the informal settler find ways to record that your final challenge is 
reduce dispute and litigation, make it easier to do transactions, make it easier to use your property for your economic progress and for your security. And for that, it's a, as I said, it's a hard grind. Have empathy. Don't create korigans. Let informals also, their rights be recognized. Create the templates for that. Where there is a small segment of India which is not surveyed, survey it today with modern methods and create a record. That's my understanding of what needs to be done. Fantastic. I completely in agreement with you on how conclusive titling is not going to solve our problems. Uh, Rome was not built in a day. It will take us time to get our land records infrastructure going and at the level that we want it to be. And uh, thank you very much, both of you, for your time. This was indeed insightful. We often don't hear the stories of people who are actually, you know, leading this effort and going to each village and verifying the land record, verifying names, solving disputes and fights between people. So this is this was fantastic. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Bhargavi. Thank you, Bhargavi, and more strength to champions like Vivek. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 